how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, and more, where we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and methods of a creative life. This episode is brought to you by FreelancerClass.com. At FreelancerClass, you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money as a writer, marketer, graphic designer, virtual assistant, or an accountant from the comfort of your own home. Make a little extra money or replace your income at FreelancerClass.com. Writer-director Sherwin Chilotti discusses his new film, People You May Know. In the movie, an introvert named Jed realizes he can become whoever he wants on the internet. Chilotti discusses how he became a parent and it made him less overwhelmed to do his work, along with the debate of creating a film as a timestamp and how to follow your own voice to accomplish your goals while working with people you admire. In and around 2004, 2005, to, to the way that I was, was going and to pour myself into, you know, an artistic life and a filmmaking life. Um, so um, that, that was, you know, the, that time period was really um, just realizing that there was a world where I could have a career in the arts and as a filmmaker and, and coming to grips with my sort of, my, my truth was, which was, uh, I was always a storyteller and, and someone who enjoyed telling stories, you know, finally understanding that, you know, there's a way I can do it for a living, um, and, and form my life into that, uh, that kind of, I came to a head and, um, but behind a, a life in the, in medicine as a doctor to, to pursue that. So that was kind of how it began, um, kind of in college and getting out of college. And then, um, as far as actually making a film, you know, these, this past year, um, you know, I had some commercials, I had those opportunities. They were great and had written screenplays and, um, worked in television and that sort of thing, but always sort of knew I wanted to make a movie and, and be a filmmaker uh, in the truest sense of the word. So um, sort of it was like the last frontier for me. So getting the opportunity to do that um, with people you may know, was, uh, you know I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for it. So what attracted you to this idea for people you may know? Um, I always have relatively strong opinions about social media. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a social media guru myself by any means, um, but certainly am curious as to the, the sort of function that it serves um, for people on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and then just really what pushed me over the edge was becoming a dad. Um, I, had, I had my first daughter 2013 and, um, you know, immediately started looking at the world through the lens of, of being a, a parent and, um, you know, sort of started freaking myself out about the world that she was going to grow up in, how she would deal with um, social media and, and how to sort of concentrate the, the best message I could for her, which um, I sort of decided was, hey, you know, be mindful about how you're using it. Ask yourself why 
this is interesting to your wife's worth your time or, you know, um, just, just be thoughtful, be thoughtful. Because uh, it was about, you know, don't use it. Social media is bad. Um, it was just always about be aware of how you can get wired. You kind of come at it from two different angles. There's Jed, who's like anti-social media at first, and there's also Tasha, who that's her job. How did you kind of come about these two characters and do the research for the film? Well, Jed is sort of like an exploration of a, a couple of different people that I know uh, combined with a couple of, of different aspects of my personality and my, my views on social media. Um, directing commercials, um, and I actually spent time as a creative director for a social media agency, a digital agency. Um, so I was around a lot of people who were making decisions, you know, creative decisions simply based on um, – social media stats and figures and, and that sort of thing. So um, all, everything that you see in the film, statistically speaking, is, is based on some sort of uh, pre-existing information. You know, I, I didn't fabricate anything. Uh, so a lot of it is an expression of my time as a director at a, at a digital agency or, you know, uh, directing commercials, you know, that were social media um, sort of centered or focused. Um, so that, that a lot of research came from that. I sort of did test groups and focused with people of different generations and, and to see, um, kind of how their action with social media would go and, and their thoughts on it. So I spent a great deal of time, um, diving into that. Jed was easy for me, um, on a lot of different levels to write simply because, um, you know, I was, I was sort of getting the opportunity to express a part of me. Um, you know, I, I would say every character has an aspect of me um, in the film, an aspect of, of sort of my personality, whether it's Phil, the husband, um, you know, Frankie's husband or Frankie herself. Where did the title come from? I know um, not long ago when, you know, Facebook started doing the people you may know, a lot of people thought it was a bit too coincidental that they were doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. Where did you come up with this title from? Well, I mean, I think, it, you know, it has several sort of clearly the, the social media context, also the, the you know, in your personal life, you know, the, the per, your neighbor across the street or the person you see at the store. I think, you know, it was a great fit. And um, the original, you know, we, we, we really ran through so many different um, versions of the title because, you know, there's there's a lot of different things to consider when you're, when you're titling a film. But, um it just kept coming back to people you may know, you know, and, and it became this sort of ubiquitous phrase that everyone sort of began to associate um, as we're making the film, began to associate with Facebook and social media in general. So it kind of it was, it was a really solid fit. And, um, you know, after putting so the faces of trying to come up with different um, titles, we, we, we stuck with that and we thought that this was, this was a great representation of, of film and, and, you know, of sort of hopefully provoking other ideas in terms of our relationship with each other. Um, how do you view the film in terms of longevity? Like in a way, it's almost like a glimpse at this time, this, you know, this present moment we're in, how do you see it as far as technology changes and things like that for the future? Well, I, I we set out a film that, felt like a cross-section of the time that we were that we were actually making it i always you know thought i wanted you know when i was shooting it i, I looked at it as a as a movie that was felt like it was minutes into the future so you know um not not, not too far in the 
future, but just enough that kind of felt like it was, you know, somewhat predicted. Of course, this technology moves so fast, and, and we knew that to a degree it will it will live at the timestamp of when the film came out. Now, I like to think of the, of the themes in, uh, in the film you know, as being universal, something that people can watch decades from now as technology changes and, and as we continue to interact with each other, um, I, I like to think that the film themes will stand true and will be as poignant, you know, uh, at that time as it is now. So that was always the goal as a, as a writer-director to, to make a piece of art that um, elements of trend and not, not just be about the specific technical um, things that are being addressed in the movie. And I, and I think if an audience member is watching that and getting hung up on on the technical aspects of, of the film, then he, they're missing a greater message and the greater point of, of the movie. There's also some comical moments that revolve around um, the singer Usher. How did those kind of come about? Did you write that originally for Usher, or was it for some a different type of celebrity? No, I wrote it. The, the original version was for Usher uh, specifically, um, you know, uh, with, with fingers crossed. Um, you know, uh, someone who had a great great social media following and, and had very revered and, and sort of if he said something online, it would sort of be taken, um, seriously. Um, so Usher was, was my, and I had always been a fan of Usher growing up and, and, um, so my ultimate goal, the ideal scenario would be, well, Usher is clearly going to be in the movie. And we, uh, had a contact with his manager, shared the script with her at the time. She really liked it. It passed it on to Usher, he just happened to be passionate about the subject matter too, and the, the pieces fit. And um, you know, we were so fortunate to to get his participation in the film. So um, so that's really how it went down. I mean, I was prepared to to sort of after you know, no, prepared to you know, okay, we'll find you know whatever celebrity we can to to put in this role. But um, we didn't have to go that route, fortunately. <laughs> So you were kind of attracted to the film at first because when you became a parent, now that you've made the film, have you established, you know, social media rules for yourself and your family to some degree? Uh, there are some parameters. I mean, my wife, uh, you know, she can, she's also a producer on the film, you know, she's something online, I don't really know what she does or I don't monitor her like that. So, um, you know, she's, she's her own individual as far as um, as far as our kids go, though, um, I have a very strict policy on on my images of my daughter, and I'm, we're about to have our, our second daughter in a few months. Images of her, um, as well, just not not okay with that being online or on social media or on the internet anywhere. Um, you know, my my outlook on it is, I'd rather wait till she's old enough to make that decision for herself. You know, why would I surrender her anonymity? without her blessing, um, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't understand that. And, you know, clearly no judgment on, on people who are posting that kind of, you know, their kids and, and that sort of thing. But for me, it's just not something I want to, I want to rush into, you know, she has the whole life to, to her picture, wherever she wants to put it, you know? Um, so that's kind of, uh, the, the parameters we have, um, with our, with our kids, just, we, we don't, we don't, we don't want their images online um, until they're old enough to really understand what it is, what it means, make the decision for themselves. What advice would you give a smart, driven filmmaker about to enter the business, or what advice should they ignore? 
I don't know too much about what they should ignore. Um, I think to a degree you need to ignore everybody, you know, in terms of uh, following your voice and what you are and, and determined to accomplish. So that's, that's one end of it. The piece of advice that I have for people, you know, who want to, who want to get in is to, to get as close to, you know, the, the, the people and, and the folks that are accomplishing some of the things that you want to accomplish. So what I mean is, you know, um, uh, if you, if, if, if you can, you know, try and work amongst people who are doing similar things, who want to be doing it because those people become your colleagues and those people become your collaborators and develop a community and, and, um, you know, you can, you can learn as you are, you know, paying your, or, or you know, uh, pursuing your on evenings on the weekends or being on the weekends or whatever. Well, during the week, hopefully that time you spend earning money to pay for your life, maybe make, like for me, you know, I had a job as a, as a vault manager at a post-production company. And like, I knew a, a promise that I made myself uh, when I entered the business was like, whatever I do to make money uh, to pay my rent is going to be something that gives some level of exposure to the business. And, and at least I'm I hopefully learning something that's adjacent to the, to the business or adjacent to the, the type of, of people that I want to work with. And so, you know, I made conscious choices not to, you know, not to work at like, or as Julia, like not to work at, you know, the the repair shop or whatever. Like I I tried to avoid getting sucked into those opportunities because I I felt like it would pull me off track. Um, And, you know, because money is a powerful thing. They start making money and, you know, you, you get sucked into different directions. So I would just say try and stay as, as close to the thing you want to be doing as possible. Um, as you pursue your dream, as you're doing your work on uh, during your extra time, or, you know, I remember I had one job uh, where I was actually writing screenplays in the back because nobody knew where my office was. Cause I was such a, so low on the totem pole. I would just, I would just write screenplays in the back and that, that's a job because um, I was talented people. I, I wasn't, you know, but at the same time, I had enough uh, free time during the day to to continue creating. So that that would be what I would I would suggest for folks. When you're feeling overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do to kind of get back in the swing of things, uh, either as a writer or a filmmaker? You know, I have. There was a time before I became a dad. And there was a time after I became a dad. That's sort of how I, I divide my, my adult life. Um, you know, before I became a dad, you know, it was a struggle. Um, organization, just ask my wife, is not my strong suit. Um, so so the, the, the process of, like, feeling less overwhelmed was a difficult one to deal with. Um, and I, I, I would say, you know, I mastered it. I never mastered it. Like, I would I would allow it to to overtake me, but becoming a dad completely changes everything. Like, you know, I know this sounds hokey, but like all I have to do is look at my kids, kid in the eye, and I'm immediately refocused. I'm immediately, you know, organized and, you know, I, I, I compare everything to her. So basically if I'm feeling really overwhelmed or I have these, you know, this show wants me to do all this stuff, there's not enough time or there's not enough budget movie or whatever it is. I just think about her and I'm like, Oh yeah, cool. Like I got her, like she's, I have to, I have to make sure she eats tonight and goes to sleep and do these things. So, so it's way easier for me to calm down now 
as dad, it's actually done the opposite of what I thought it was. I thought I'd be super overwhelmed as a father and, you know, how am I going to pursue my dream while being a dad? And really it's not the opposite. I, I am so calm and so chill about, you know, the things that I want in my life and the things you know, I just sort of, I guess, I guess I stopped putting so much weight on, on work and so much emphasis on work. And that's actually created room for positive things to happen and for things to sort of prioritize themselves. So, um, I guess my answer is <laughs> go become a parent. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think, I, I think, you know, just, just find the, the couple of things that are really important to you and always, always re reframe yourself and remember, um, you know, have those baseline baseline things that are, that are, that are the most important factors in your life, whether, you know, for some people it's their family, for some people it's religion, for some people it's spirituality, whatever it is, have, have those things that you can fall back on that will realign you and everything will start falling into place. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter to get your free download of the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block which includes advice from writers such as Aaron Sorkin, William Monaghan, and Carrie Fukunaga. The newsletter will also keep you up to date on future episodes, new articles, and more. Sign up at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com.